we'll just you know we can i was gonna say we'll skip out no we'll i'll i'll finish singing and preaching and then we'll go over <laughs> get ready for us <laughs> but we are we're glad that you are here in the lord's house um we are uh, we got some different things going on in two weeks two weeks from today is homecoming if you are here today if you are watching online we would like to see you live and in person here to uh, on on uh, two weeks from today 10 o'clock we have got some great fun stuff going on uh, we have the group from Leneva's church uh, the Jesus League that is their that is the name of their group Jesus League and they all have superhero names they may be embarrassed for me to say that I don't know it's, I think it's neat but they all have um yeah they they're representing the how super Jesus is so they are coming to minister to us uh, through Dowrod they do a lot of Dowrod stuff so we're going to see them and I'm very excited for that we've got um, Gretchen's doing a song I'm so excited and we'll have some singing and that sort of thing and uh, our our state youth director will be coming to preach for us. So keep those things in mind as we are here on homecoming. Bring your food. You will get a call this coming week as a reminder. But do not be confused. It is not this Sunday. It is two Sundays from now. I'll try to be very explicit in my, uh, in my telling of that this week. But I just want to make sure that we get plenty of, <laughs> plenty of advertisement for, for homecoming. Also, uh, between now and then... There are some things that need to be done around the church. If you have a weed sprayer, then we want you and your weed sprayer here um, because we've got some weeds and different things back here. We don't want it to be so built up and there's some maybe some poison stuff, so wear your long clothes. But... Uh, <laughs> But we do want, if you have a weed sprayer and you have some time, please uh, let Sister Joyner know because she will coordinate with everyone when they can come and, and spray some weeds down. Also, the Wednesday before homecoming, we want to get any last-minute stuff done. So instead of having, for us at least, I, I cannot speak for Brother Mike and his class, but at least for us, um, we're going to come together and get some last-minute cleanup done. If there are any weeds that have popped up between now and, uh, and that Wednesday, we're going to get them pulled up, any last-minute uh, mopping or anything like that. So we're, we'll plan to do that the Wednesday before homecoming and uh, get everything all nice and clean and neat. And please do be inviting people whatever way you can, if it's through social media, if it's through uh, cards and, and letters. Uh, we have, like I said last week, we have some Gideon cards. Please support the Gideons by buying a card and sending to someone would be very, very helpful. Call them, text them, however it is that you can communicate with someone to come to homecoming. We really want lots and lots of people here because we feel like they will be blessed. Amen. Also, for the month of uh, May, if you have not bought anything, it is rainbows. So, a coloring book, any type of coloring utensil, uh, will be here for uh, bring it in, and, and we'll leave it in the office so that we can gather lots of things. We've got tons of things already, so thank you, thank you, thank you. I have a shoebox in my trunk. Let's remember to get that today. I'm putting you in charge of remembering. Thank you. Uh, any other announcements, we will let you know. But, uh, again, thank you for being here, and thank you for watching online. We we miss you. We hope you're here next week. Amen. So, not sure if you realize, but today is, uh, today is Pentecost Sunday. 
Amen. Yeah, so that means that it has been 50 days since the Passover, or as we know it, it's seven weeks since Easter. And from the scripture in context, the uh, the feast of the the feast of Pentecost was the time when the power and the presence of God came down on the mountain Sinai, and uh, Moses met with the Lord there, and he received the Ten Commandments. But we know in modern Christianity that that was the time the the day of Pentecost was when the Holy Spirit was poured out on all those who were gathered together. And we've been talking for the past few weeks about unity and the necessity of being unified as a whole and that we have a common purpose and a common goal. We're building something here. And so I encourage us today that we need to be in one mind, in one accord, and allow the Holy Spirit to have His will to do whatever He wants to do today. Because it doesn't matter how many people are here, how many people are watching online. If we are in one mind, if we have one purpose and one goal to reach the heart of the Father, then He will come down to us and He will meet us here where we are. Let's sing this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask Him to have His will in this service. Heavenly Father, we thank You. Lord, we give You glory and honor and praise for all that You do and all that You are. You are holy and righteous and mighty. God, You are strong and powerful. God, we love You so, so much. God, we're thankful that You sent Your only Son to die for our sins and the sins of this world. God, that You raised Him back to life after three days and that seven weeks ago we celebrated the fact that we have victory through Jesus. But God, we also are thankful that those 50 days later that there were those who came in and who were just so unified and who were seeking after you and that you poured out your Holy Spirit, that promise that you gave so, so many thousands of years ago that the Holy Spirit came down and that he dwells with us now. God, I thank you and I praise you for the Holy Spirit because he is the one who keeps us and guides us and gives us direction. God, the one who comforts and gives us help in the time of need. And God, I ask you now that your Holy Spirit would come down in such a powerful and strong way. God, it is not about us. It is not about what we can do and how we can show off. But Father, it is about you and receiving from you today. God, there is no one who is here by accident, but everyone was here for a purpose. And we just ask your purpose and your will to be done. In Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 We're never enough. You came along and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Cause there's nothing better than you there's nothing better than you there's nothing nothing is better than you 
yes, I know it's true. Now I'm not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Cause the God of my mountain is the God in my valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Cause Turn seas into highways. 
to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, because there is power in that name of Jesus. We know there's power in the name of Jesus. Yes, there is power in the name of Jesus. He will break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name, Lord. Change the atmosphere. Change the atmosphere. Change the atmosphere. Change the atmosphere. You are here moving in our I worship you, I worship you, you are here, working in this place, I worship you, I worship you, sing that again, you are here, moving in our midst. I worship you, I worship you, you are here, working in this place, I worship you, I worship you, you are the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are my way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, mending every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, turning lives around. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, mending every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, turning lives around. I worship you, Lord. I worship you. You are my way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are the 
working in ways we can't see. God, we praise you. We thank you. We glorify you. Amen. Hallelujah. you do. Um, we do have um, some things coming up for homecoming. Um, we have a, a guest speaker um, and then a mime and drama group that are coming as Jennifer mentioned so um, we will um, need some extra support there if you can go ahead and give 
this week, next week, um, even homecoming Sunday, um, just to help support those things. Um, and then as well, if you have um, some time to help us around here get things ready, we would appreciate that as well. Um, as the usher comes. Brother Shriggy, could you say the blessing over the offering, please? Good to see all y'all. Good to see all you guys at home watching. It is now time to receive any spoken prayer requests that you may have. Gretchen. Pray for Papa's back. Yes, ma'am. Chad. We will pray for Zach and Hattie for sure. Rhonda. It is good to see you. Yes, ma'am. Sisters. his wife unexpectedly the, a few nights ago um, married 35 years so he's taking it pretty hard so 
So pray for him and the rest of that family. Any uh, unspoken requests, raise your hand. Raise your hand and stand with me as we take these. Y'all, it's time to fellowship.
Oh, my goodness. Glad again that you are here with us. Amen. You have made your way to be in the Lord's house. And for all those who are watching virtually, yes, we do have live stream. Someone, I, I just spoke to someone a minute ago who didn't realize that we had live stream, but it's true. So on those days that you can't be here for whatever reason, we are, uh, yes, churchofgodcornelius.org. And uh, starting at 10, <laughs> there is a live stream and shows our service and our praise and worship and all that stuff. So we're glad. And those who are watching live stream, again, we know you can't be here, but we are, we are glad that you're watching and that you are with us in unity amen that we are that we are here together on uh, pentecost sunday that's not what we're preaching about because we as as uh, mentioned it's this week and next week to finish out our series on building so we're in nehemiah and we're going to skip over a couple of the chapters because, and I wish to goodness Brother Mike was here. Maybe he's watching. I don't know. Brother Mike, if you're watching, we're skipping over uh, chapter 10 and chapter 11 that have all those names. So just for you. But no, we're, we're moving to uh, chapter 12 now. In the last chapter, and as we were talking, when last we left them, the children of Israel were at the threshold of a revival. Because they had done some things to get ready for revival. First, recognition of and repentance of their sins. Not only did they recognize that they had sinned, but they repented. Because we understand that that's two different things. We know that I can recognize my sin and say, yes, I, I'm awful and bad and rough and I've done wrong. But until I repent, I cannot really and truly be changed. So they recognized the sins that they and their ancestors had committed, and they repented of them. The second thing they did to get ready for revival was a reflection on God's faithfulness. They remembered how good he had been to them, and that throughout the years, for thousands and thousands of years, he had been faithful, that he had shown favor that was unmerited to them, that there was no reason that he should choose Abram out of the land of Chaldees, but for whatever reason, God saw him and chose him and made him a nation. Not of his own merit, but because God is faithful. And the third thing they did was the renewal of covenant relationship. They said, we have been far from you, but today we want to come back to you. And we make a covenant, we write a covenant, and we seal it to say, we promise from now on to do what you would command us to do. So those were the steps that led them to sign and seal this covenant to be obedient to the law. The priests, the Levites, and the leaders vowed to obey God's commands wholeheartedly the specifics of which are in chapters 10 and 11 in the beginning of 12. But again, there's a lot of names. There's a few today, but there's a lot of names that we will just move past. If you're really interested in who all signed the covenant, then you're absolutely welcome to read that. Not right now, but once you get home, you can, you're welcome to read that. So at the beginning of chapter 12, people were chosen by lot to live in the city of Jerusalem. Thus began the repopulation. Remember that this was a, a big problem for Nehemiah. He was really upset that there was all this space available for people to come in and live within the city, within the walls, and be protected. But no one was wanting to live there. So he called for homecoming two weeks from today. Come and be with us. This is your, that's your third or fourth reminder. But 
he called for a homecoming, that they would come in and that they would be revived and renewed. And, and this is what had happened. So today we see that there was one final aspect of building that was necessary for the wall, and that was dedication. So today we're going to talk about dedication. In verses 27 through 30 of chapter 12, we see, it says, And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites out of all their places to bring them to Jerusalem, to keep the dedication with gladness, both with thanksgiving and with singing, with cymbals, psalteries, and with harps. And the sons of the singers gathered themselves together, both out of the plain country round about Jerusalem, and from the villages of Netophathah, also from the house of Gilgal, and out of the fields of Geba and Asmaveth, for the singers had builded them villages round about Jerusalem. And the priests and the Levites purified themselves, and purified the people, and the gates, and the wall. So Nehemiah and those who were in charge called all of the Levites to travel to Jerusalem for this occasion. There were Levites living in certain cities all around the city of Jerusalem. They had set up for themselves little encampments that were belonging to the, the Levites and the singers. So they were called to come back to Jerusalem for this purpose. They were needed to add gladness, which is in the in the Hebrew, glee and rejoicing. They were needed for thanksgiving, for singing, and for playing instruments. It says that the sons of the singers came also, and this was interesting to me because the word son here in the Hebrew means builder. And we have been talking about building for all these weeks. So the, the builders came. And in this particular context of the word that it means builder of a family name so the sons of those priests and levites those builders of the family name came into the city to join in the rejoicing and the dedication even after the wall was finished they were building a legacy of worship the people came from all the towns surrounding jerusalem and the priests and levites began the rituals of purification it says that first, they purified themselves. They prepared their hearts and their bodies to lead the people in worship. Next, they purified the people. So all of Israel who came to celebrate the dedication were purified. They were spiritually prepared to join in the worship. And last, the gates and the wall were purified. The place that they would minister was made ready to receive the presence of God. So then we see in verses 31 through 39. Then I brought up the princes of Judah upon the wall and appointed two great companies of them that gave thanks, whereof one went on the right hand upon the wall toward the dung gate. And after them went Hosea and half of the princes of Judah and Azariah Ezra, Meshulam, Judah, and Benjamin, and Shemaiah and Jeremiah, and certain of the priest's sons with trumpets, namely Zechariah, the son of Jonathan, the son of Shemaiah, the son of Mataniah, the son of Micaiah, the son of Zachor, the son of Asaph, and his brethren Shemaiah and Azareel, Melalah, Gilalah, Maiah, 
Nethanel and Judah, Hananiah, and the musical instruments of da- with the musical instruments of David, the man of God, and Ezra the scribe before them. And at the fountain gate, which was over against them, they went up by the stairs of the city of David. At the going up of the wall above the house of David, even unto the water gate eastward. And the other company of them that gave thanks went over against them, and I after them. And the half of the people upon the wall, from beyond the tower of the furnaces, even unto the broad wall. And from above the gate of Ephraim, and above the old gate, and above the fish gate, and the tower of Hananiel, and the tower of Meah, even unto the sheep gate, and they stood still in the prison gate. So Nehemiah separated the worshipers into two large groups. So one group went right toward the dung gate. And there were 12 gates set up throughout the the entire wall of Jerusalem. And one group went right and they walked around the corner of the dung gate and came up to the other side. And this set, and they were led by Ezra, the scribe. We know about Ezra. He was the, the other figure during this time leading the, the revolution, the rebuilding of the temple. So he was leading one group around one side, and Nehemiah took another group with him and led them around the other side toward the left. So that second group went toward many of the different gates, and, and he lists the gates because... He was the one leading them, so he was the one, he was firsthand seeing all the different places that they were going all around. So just imagine that with every footfall, they were reclaiming what the enemy had broken. Because 150 years before this, the enemy had come in and had torn down the walls. They had set them on fire. They had ripped off all the gates that all these groups were going past. And as they're walking, as they're walking on top of this, this thing that 52 year, f- excuse me, 52 days previous to this ha- had not existed, they begin to walk around and they begin to claim the Lord is good and He is worthy and He is holy and He is faithful to His promise because they were worshiping throughout this entire time. We don't know exactly what they were singing and what they were saying, but we know that they were playing musical instruments, that they were, they were singing out praises. The singers, the Levites, had been called back in order to bring praise to God. So as they're walking around, as they're walking around the top of this gate, they're, they're crying out, Holy is the Lord, and worthy is the Lord, and He is so majestic, and He is the God of covenant, and He is the God who has given to us, and we thank Him for this opportunity. So they, they rose up in worship, and they're marching all around the entire gate. So the entire city of Jerusalem is surrounded with worship. They're walking on what had until recently been a ruin. In just the right time, God will turn it around. Though those ruins had been left for 150 years, God is able in less than two months to give back what seemed lost. In verses 40 through 43, it says, So the two companies of them that gave thanks in the house of God, and I in the half of the rulers with me, and the priest, Eliakim, Messiah, Menayanim, 
Micaiah, Elioni, Zechariah, and Hanani with trumpets, and Messiah, and Shemaiah, and Eliezer, and Uzziah, and Jehohanan, and Malchijah, and Elam, and Ezer. And the singers sang loudly <laughs> with Jezrehiah, their overseer. Also that day, they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced, for God had made them rejoice with great joy. The wives also and the children rejoiced, so that the joy of Jerusalem was heard even afar off. Amen. Both groups, it says in verse 40, so stood the two companies of them that gave thanks in the house of God. So one had gone to the right, one had gone to the left, but they all converged upon the house of the Lord. They all gathered together in front of the temple and they began to sing loudly in praise and honor for all that God had done. It says that they offered sacrifices to him and that they rejoiced so greatly that they were heard for miles. The women and the children came. So we see that most likely it was that the men, all the men and the singers and the, uh, the musicians who had marched around, but their wives and their children met them at the house of the Lord. And they all rejoiced together. And their joy was so great that they were heard afar off. Just imagine how long it would have taken them to march all around and all those people, thousands and thousands of people, to march all the way around and the excitement that would have built as they were marching, as they were talking about the greatness of the Lord and as they were listening to this worship music and as they were joined in their dedication to God the excitement that when they finally got to the house of the Lord it just they couldn't even stand themselves because the glory was so strong and then we see in the rest of the chapter it says verses 44 through 47 and at that time there were some appointed over the chambers for the treasures and for the offerings, for the first fruits, and for the tithes, to gather into them out of the fields and of the cities of portions of the law, for the priests and the Levites, for Judah rejoiced, for the priests and for the Levites that waited. And both the singers and the porters kept the ward of their God, and the ward of the purification, according to the commandment of David and of Solomon his son. For in the days of David and Asaph of old, there were chief of the singers and songs of praise and thanksgiving unto God and all Israel in the days of Zerubbabel and in the days of Nehemiah gave portions of the singers and the porters every day his portion and they sanctified holy things unto the Levites and the Levites sanctified them unto the children of Aaron so here we see that it didn't put into practice in the days of David that the singers and the Levites, those who worked in the church, those who had a specific role to do in the temple, they were given of the portion of the tithe and offering that was brought in by the people. And from the previous chapters here in Nehemiah, we understand that the people were not as acquainted with the law as they had needed to be. 
And they were so excited about the renewal of the understanding of God's word. They, they asked Ezra to constantly read to them. They went back to him day after day. Read to us from the law. Explain to us what it means. And the Levites came and, and they gave commentary about what the law meant. And as they began to understand God's word more and more, they realized that the temple had been neglected. But due to the revival and the hunger for the word, the people recognized the importance of tithing and giving and offering. Therefore, the ministers in God's house were able to resume their responsibilities, keeping watch, purifying the people, and leading in worship. At this time in Israel's history, they were all committed to giving to the Lord so that they all brought in their tithe and their offering, their first fruits. They all brought in what the Lord required. So, we must dedicate ourselves. Webster's Dictionary defines dedication in the following ways. There are three different definitions that it gives. Number one, the act of consecrating to a divine being, often with religious solemnities, being solemn, being serious. I love you, Chad. The second definition it gives, the act of devoting or giving to. The third definition, an address to a patron testifying respect and recommending the work to his protection or favor, like the dedication of a book or a, a piece of art being dedicated, giving it back, or saying thank you for what you've done for me to allow me to be able to do this. Thank you. So it's a dedication back to a patron. With these three being our criteria for dedication, examine your heart. How dedicated am I? If that is the definition of dedication, consecrating myself to a divine being, the act of being devoted to or giving to, or testifying respect and recommending, hmm, am I being consecrated for sacred use? Can God use me as he will? Or I, do I often insert my own opinion into the mix? I was just talking to someone about this recently. Am I giving? Anything that I have to give, my time, my talent, my treasure, am I giving? Am I testifying and recommending the Lord to all those who need him? So let's examine this dedication account to glean some examples of dedication, the things that we need to understand as dedication, some steps to take to get toward that place. So there were three different things that they did. Number one was glorying, getting their worship right. In order to be dedicated, we have to glory, getting our worship right. The worshipers were called out from the cities. We understand from the book of John that the Father seeks those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. So those worshipers were called out. 
So when we will worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, the Lord seeks us out to worship Him. Do you need the Lord to show up? Ever been in that place that you just need Him to show up? Begin to worship. Because He inhabits the praises of His people. I can show you in Scripture that this is true, that when we pray, He hears from heaven. But when we worship, He comes down. So yes, prayer is of utmost importance. Absolutely, we need to have prayer and communicate with God. But if we need Him to show up, we begin to worship Him. Because when He hears us worship, when He understands that we are going to recognize Him for who He has been, and who he is and who he will be, then he, he stops what he's doing. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to this for a minute. Maybe I'll come down a little closer. Maybe I'll, I'll get in the middle of this. We all like to, to hear someone tell us how, how great we are. Every single one of us. And that's something that we got from the Lord. Because when he hears us worship, he shows up. He inhabits the praises of his people. It says that the worshipers prepared themselves and the people around them. So in our glorying, in our worship, how am I approaching the Lord? Often we come into his house, in his presence, with so many other things on our minds. And I encourage you to do whatever you can to set your mind on the Lord. Today and every time you come into his presence, whatever it takes to get your mind right. Because oftentimes, and see, the, the enemy knows that God shows up when we begin to worship. So if we can't cross over into that mode of worship, if I'm just singing along with the song and my mind is somewhere else, the things that I have to do tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day, then he can block me from receiving what I need from the Lord. So I need to get my mind right. I need to begin to prepare myself even before I get here to hear and receive from the Lord. Whatever that means to you, if that means uh, cutting off the TV first thing in the morning, that was always a thing in our house. We The TV did not come on on a Sunday morning. It just, nope. And when <laughs> when Brother Shane and I got married, he didn't grow up like I did, which is fine. And thank you, Jesus, for, for your help. But, but I said, babe, um, we, we can't be having a TV on. <laughs> and so we don't. We turn on worship music and we get prepared. Yes, amen. And I'm not saying you have to do that. It's not a, le- a legalistic thing that if you don't do this, then, then you can't worship. But I'm saying it's a way to get prepared. It's a way to set ourselves apart for the day and say, you know what, I, I, this, is, this is a day that the Lord has made. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set everything else aside, and I'm going to focus on Him. It says that the groups were sent in different directions. The steps that you take and the area that you conquer may be different from someone else, but your work and your worship are no less valuable just because you went by the dung gate and someone else went by the gate called beautiful so sometimes we say I don't want to go this way how can I worship if I'm walking this way that way looks better I can probably worship better if if you allow me to go this way Lord 
I, I don't know, this, go in this direction. That, that doesn't seem like the way that I want to go or need to go. I don't, I don't think I'll be okay with that. But no matter where we go, we can conquer as we walk. We can worship as we walk. The second thing they did was gathering. You have a standing invitation to the Father's house. And, and I thought about this as I was writing, as I was studying. I was like, well, we got people on vacation. And if they watch, they're going to be like, really? You're going you gonna to fuss and talk about being in the Lord's house and I'm not here? But that's not what I'm meaning. That's not what I'm meaning. You know, everybody needs some time off, but get yourself back here. Amen. But you have a standing invitation to the Lord's house. First, the people gathered on the wall to get prepared, to get purified for use. The places that you are gathering, are those, uh, are those places and are you gathering with people that are getting you ready for purpose? So they all got together and they began to purify themselves. They began to pray, Lord, cleanse us. Get rid of anything in us that would hinder our worship to you. They began to change their clothing. They began to, to take off the old garments, those common garments, and they began to, to put on the garments of praise to prepare themselves. They began to get their instruments shined up and clean for the use of marching around the wall. They gathered together to get ready for the purpose that they were about to embark on. So who are we gathering with? Are those people encouraging us in our purpose with God? Next, the people gathered in groups to march around the wall. We talked about this in, at the very beginning of our series. Who are your people? Because some people aren't your people, and that's okay. Who are your people? Do you have a small group that you can connect with and conquer with? Those people that you can call on and say, I need some prayer, and I need to get in touch with the Lord right now because I need to conquer because that's what they were doing. They were divided into groups so that they could walk together and conquer together. That they could walk through life together and worship together. That's what we need. These were people from different walks of life, with different abilities, but with one goal. And that was dedication. So we don't have to have our people look just like us and think just like us and act just like us. But if they have the same goal as us. The goal of dedication. That's what we need. And finally, these two groups converged upon the temple, the house of the Lord. They sang, they sacrificed, they rejoiced together for all that the Lord had done and would do for his people. So that part of gathering, you need to be in church. And this, again, this is no condemnation against those who are not able to be here today. We're glad that you're watching online. We are glad. For those who are having struggles in different types of ways, we're, we're sorry that that's the case. We're praying for you. Come on back when you can. But we need to be in the Lord's house. You need to be in church. Not only is it healthy and helpful for you, but it's an encouragement to those around you. 
to be in the Lord's house. The Bible tells us to not neglect the coming together of the Lord's people, especially as we see the day approaching, especially as the time draws near for Jesus to come back. We need to get together as much as we can to encourage each other. Consecration and devotion both necessitate being in the presence of the one to whom we are devoted. So gathering allows that to happen. In order to be dedicated to someone or something, we need to be in the presence of that someone or something. So being in the Lord's house allows that to happen in a great way. And the enemy knows that there is power in unity. We talked about it this morning. We've been talking about it. The power of unity. Today is Pentecost Sunday. If those who had gathered in the upper room had not been unified, if they had been, I'm sick and tired of waiting around for this, I'm going to go out and go fishing or whatever it was, bless Peter's heart, whatever it was, if they had said, I don't really feel like we should wait any longer, then they would not have received the blessing of the Holy Spirit because they were not unified. When we come in together, when we gather and are unified, so much can take place. So the enemy does whatever he can to keep us away through discouragement, through being busy, through sickness, through difficulty. Whatever it is, he makes it so that it's very easy for us to say, eh, I don't feel like going today, but we need to push through if there's any way to. Because being in God's house is such an encouragement to each person, not only to us, but those who are around us. And the third thing they did for dedication was giving. All he wants is all you are. I am not my own. I was bought with a price. I don't belong to myself. And the quicker I can understand that, the better. Because so often I try to grasp hold of things and say, mine, 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 mine. One of my top three issues is that I'm selfish. I, I'm pretty self-aware. That's not an issue. That's you know probably a strength, I guess. But I'm, I'm very self-aware. But one of my top three problems is that I'm selfish. So oftentimes, mine, 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 mine. And I try to hoard up things to myself. But I'm not my own. I was bought with a price. When I'm dedicated to the Lord and to His purpose, I must understand that nothing I have truly belongs to me. My will is now succumbed to His. So I may have a will, I may have a desire to do one thing, but if that doesn't line up with His will, then I have to surrender. When I realize that my body is His temple, then I need to take care of it better. When I realize that my time is just on loan from Him, then maybe instead of wasting so much of it, I should ask him, Lord, what should I do with this time that I have? My talents, my abilities have been given to be multiplied for his use, not to be buried, not to just let everybody else do whatever. Well, they can, they can handle that. Ah, they don't need me. 
but I don't need to bury that because then I'm an unprofitable servant if I, if I bury my talents. I need to be using them for God's purpose because He's the one who gave them to me. Anything that I think I have made or earned or own is only by His grace. And see, that sometimes judgmental, which is one of my other issues, but sometimes those judgmental ideas come in and we say, oh, look at that person. They should have done better with their finances or with their, with their time or their talent or whatever it is. And we, oh, if they had done differently, then maybe they'd be better along. But the truth is, I, anything that I have that I think I've earned, it's on loan from God. He's just blessed me. It's just His favor that's allowed me to have anything. In this portion of Scripture, the people were giving the first fruits, the tithes, and the offerings that they had learned that the Lord commanded them to give. We'll talk about this more. I, this is not a tithing message. We'll talk about this more at another time, but but this can be a difficult step for some. Trust in God financially. So I, I have not mentioned it up until now because we owe God all those other things too, our time, our talent, all that other stuff. That belongs to God just as much as the money does. We, we get hung up on this idea of, oh, i got to pay my tithes and my offerings and all this stuff, but, but how much am I giving myself to God if we can get that right, if we can get our mind right here, that my, my abilities belong to God. My mind belongs to God. So how much space is he taking up in here? Everything that I have belongs to him. So, so that tithing and giving shouldn't, should not be a big issue. But here's the thing. Tithing and giving is a matter of trust. Do I trust God more than I rely upon myself? Am I saying, ah, oh, I've earned this, so I'm just going to keep it? Or do I understand that God gave me the strength to work that job? God woke me up this morning and gave me breath. So he's the one. My, my boss isn't the one who signs my checks. It's God. So if I understand that, that He will never let me go without, then maybe I can let go of some, like, you know what? I don't have to hold on to this. I'm, I'm just going to let some of this go because I'm dedicated to Him. Because even, even when it looks like the cupboard is bare, He knows that I'm hungry. Even when the light bill comes due and I don't have enough to pay it, he knows. It's a matter of trust. I must understand that I'm merely a steward of any blessing that I've received and that he is worthy of any sacrifice that he requires from me. Again, physical, financial, mental, spiritual, any sacrifice that he requires, he bought me. He purchased me with his blood. So for me to try to hold on to things, that's not dedication. That's me trying to look after myself, but it's not necessary. So, 
Can we build it? Yes, we can, but it will require dedication on our part. Because just stacking up the stones and leaving them be, that's not enough. We've got to have dedication. In order to be consecrated and devoted, we see that there are some steps that we must take. Number one, glorying, preparing our hearts for worship. Number two, gathering, because we need each other. And number three, giving, because what we have is merely on loan from the Lord. As the music plays, we're going to ask the Lord to help us. If you find yourself in a place needing to dedicate or rededicate, needing to dedicate or rededicate, And now's the time. If you find yourself there as we pray, come into his presence and just let him know. Just like they did last week, Father, we acknowledge that there have been times that we haven't been as dedicated to you as we ought to have been. God, we see that within our lives, there are things that we've held back from you. Whether it was being selfish with our time, whether it was finding excuses for not gathering together, whether it was whether it was not putting you first in our worship, for having other things on our mind and not coming to you with the focus that we needed to. Father, we confess that now. And we ask for rededication. Father, for a renewal, for a change in us. God, we need you. Father, we need you. Father, we call out to you and we say, receive us. Receive us, God. Rededicate us to you, God. Change our hearts. Forgive us for those things that we've done. God, we need you. God, we need you. If you're at that place, if you need to come down and pray, and we have some who have felt like that's necessary, if you need to get closer to the Lord in a physical way, if you need to come down here and, and pray and ask the Lord to help you, these altars are available for you. God, we need you this morning. We ask you to take over. We ask you. God, receive our worship today. Take away anything that would keep us from you. Receive our worship. Father, we first come with glory and honoring you with, with our hearts and our minds. God, purify us. God, burn away anything. Burn away anything that would keep us, that would hinder us from you. And Father, we come to you. We've gathered today, and we just ask that there be such unity in this place. God, that we would serve with one purpose. God, that we would serve with one mind and one heart. 
that our goal would be to see souls saved and lives changed for your glory and your purposes. God, we need you today. And Father, we come giving you everything that we have. We surrender to you now, Father. We surrender to you now, heart and mind, body and soul, possessions. God, we surrender them to you now, understanding that they are only on loan from you, that they are things that you have shown favor to us by giving to us. But God, we're just stewards of those things. Help us to trust you more and more, Father. Help us to trust you more and deeper and better to put all our faith in you God to build something that you have planned and purposed God we need you we need you this morning God Jesus we need you Jesus we need you Thank you, Jesus. this song. Let's just praise the Lord today. He'll stay in there.
forsaken. We are never forgotten, but you are with us no matter where we go, no matter what we face. Lord, we praise your holy name. You are only good, God. You are only good. You are only good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. we say today over your people, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. And may he give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Till he calls.